Hey everyone, what's up? So, I thought it would be nice to give a more in-depth on the story of my life. Because I guess what inspired me was reading Jeanette McCurdy's new book, I'm Glad My Mom Died. Glad my mom died. Yeah, that's the title. I just wanted to make sure. Um, It was uh, really... I just felt like maybe I should write my story. Not assuming that anything will come out of it or that it will become popular or anything because for one, I don't know how to write. Like, if you read books, like, they're very descriptive and I I just can't do that. Like, I just don't know how to. Like, I feel like I'm just not mentally capable of writing. But I feel like it would be enough to kind of give everyone an idea more in depth like of my life and the things that I went through. I don't know why I'm getting so many notifications right now and I can't stop them for some reason. Hold on. There's just so many people visiting my farm. (laughs) My little town kids farm. It's a game I downloaded on my phone years ago and Every now and then I like going on to see what's up, but lately they've been having issues with the, the, the app, so I haven't really been able to play on it, because uh, I have issues getting on sometimes, but anyway, I'm just gonna like read the first few things I have on here, and you guys just tell me if you like it, and that this is something that you'd be interested in hearing more about. So, I only wrote a little today. I say a little when there's like six pages or whatever. Whatever. Six and a half. (laughs) Alright, here we go. Here we go. My first memory that I actually remember is me sitting on my living room floor in a diaper. My mom says she's taking the cats away from me because she's afraid I might be allergic to them. There were two cats, but I do not remember what they looked like. I do did not understand what was going on at the time. I was only two, and I know there is that saying or that fact where people mention that how you only start developing memories at the age of three. But sometimes I get confused between dreams and reality. A lot of these things are from what I remember. I don't know years or days, but I do know that they happened. I'm eating a bowl of cereal. I don't remember what kind of cereal it is. So much of my childhood is a bit fuzzy to me, and for really good reasons. But I was sitting on the steps eating a bowl of cereal. My biological father, who I call so-and-so. I just, I don't know, it's weird. It's because it's like, it's like I'm writing this and I give his name away, but for some reason I feel weird saying it on this podcast. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, guys? I don't know, I just... If I do publish this, it's like, do I really want to say his name? I just feel like I should give him a nickname, like A-Hole, or the Not-So-Dad Dad, or something. We're just gonna call him P, okay? Alright. My biological father, who I call P, is staring at me a few feet away. He has an angry look in his eyes. You shouldn't be eating that cereal. Why not? 
If you eat that cereal, you're going to get fat and die. Is that what you want? No. Then stop eating. I stop eating and wait for him to leave the room. I cry as I eat the rest of my cereal. Every child wants to believe that everything their parents say to them is true. Kids look up to their parents to lead them, guide them, to show you what is right and what is wrong. No child ever dares to question if their parents are wrong. After that event, I started eating less. I did not eat any big meals, maybe just some crackers for lunch or a bag of fruit snacks. It did not get so bad to the point where I was anorexic, but I was skinny and sometimes my siblings would jokingly call me Skinny Mini. I don't know what I did wrong. I was just walking through the hall, maybe some dumb kid stuff, like trying to Spider-Man up the wall. P <laughs> storms up to me, furious, heavy breathing. He lifts me up by my neck and slams me against the wall. He was choking me. He is screaming at me while spitting in my face because he is so angry. I'm trying to gasp for air, but I can't. I have never felt so scared in my life. I think for a moment, is this the end? Is this how I'm going to die? My mom comes out the door and screams, P, what are you doing? Let her go. P throws me on the ground, like I am worthless trash. Him and my mom start arguing. I am hyperventilating, gasping for air, and crying my eyes out. Mom says, look what you did. You're making her hyperventilate. This is the only vivid, detailed memory I have of him choking me. Everything else, I believe, is stored behind some safe, deep, some safe, deep in my brain to keep me safe. I believe it is important to remember what he did, but to never forget. So maybe I was meant to remember at least one thing, so I never forget what kind of person he is. He disgusts me. This man who has the title of quote-unquote dad or father, even though he never acted like one. Things are good when P is off the work. These things, these were actually the best times. We'd go outside and play, and my childhood best friend Julie would come out to play with us. We'd roll it related around the block, go biking, or play hide and seek. It was always fun playing with my siblings and my neighbor Julie. Whenever I was outside, all of my worries went away. I felt more free than ever. My mom would call us in for supper and we'd have some of her homemade chicken noodle soup. Whatever my mom made was good, except for hot dogs and cheesesteaks or hamburgers. I do not know why, but I grew tired of the taste of these things. I feel like I was never a big fan to begin with. I was always a picky eater. I tell others that basically anything on the kids' menu I'll eat. Mac and cheese, chicken tenders and fries, spaghetti, things like that. Imagine going to a fancy restaurant, and the waitress comes up to me and asks what I want, and I say, Could I have a plate of your finest chicken nuggets, please? What? You heard me? Chicken nuggets! That never happened, but that's what I imagine every time I think of eating at a fancy restaurant. We never ate anywhere as a fan anywhere fancy as a family. My mom had a lot of children, 
So you can imagine it was hard for us to go anywhere, whether it be vacation or eating out together. I was good I was good with my mom's food though. Everyone always praised my mom for making delicious meals and they weren't wrong. I only hoped that the food I made would be good as her someday. There definitely is something called a mother's touch when it comes to food. They always say something they always do something different when it comes to making meals. Something that makes it taste good and unique. Even if you go on your own and try to replicate it, it always somehow manages to taste different. My mom has recipe cards, but just wings it when adding in spices. I've tried so many times and managed to make really good butter noodles once in my life. Only once. Maybe if I become a mother someday, I too will have that magical mother's touch. My mom is someone who I can still call mom. Despite everything, she really did try her best. I believe, and I only feel sorry for her. My mom never talks about herself, and she's quite distant from everyone in her family except for her own mother. My mom, as described by my sister, is a ghost. To me, I think more of her as a puppet. My mom has a good heart, and that heart became corrupted, and later even in physical danger, because of P. I do not know what she was thinking. From aunts and siblings, I found out they met in some choir at some small church we would go to. My mom was in the second grade at the time, and P was in sixth. I know my mom was desperate to get out of the house. Not sure why. Only after three months of dating, P proposes to my mom. In my opinion, this traumatizes me. My parents have the most unhealthiest relationship I have ever seen. Anytime someone tells me they have been together only three months and have been thinking about marriage, I think of my parents. I know it's not a good idea. At least I say two years before you get married. That's just me, though. Other people can do what they want. People change over time, and for the worse. If you have been dating at least two years and have the opportunity to live together, then I feel that's okay. That would personally make me feel comfortable. Mom started changing as the years went on. She saved our lives a few times, and I feel like she would continue doing so. But some things came out of her mouth that I would never expect a mother to say. You're stupid. You're a mistake. Oh, that's right. I forgot I had you. I was the middle child. What they say about the middle child is true. I was neglected by my mother. She would make dinner and tell everyone to come down to eat except for me. I would come down, and she would say, Oh, that's right. You're here. And another time, I forgot I had you. You forgot you gave birth to me? One time, she asked me if I wanted to go grocery shopping with her. I put on my shoes, I got ready, I came down, and she's gone. She forgot about me. Same thing with church. My sister spilled some fruit punch in my hair. My mom tells me to take a shower and clean up so we can leave for church. I come down, she's gone. I can understand sometimes you forget about your kids. I'm sure a lot of kids is hard. But forgetting so often and adding unnecessary commentary? I do not think it is a coincidence. My mom does for sure have a bad memory. She gets all of our names mixed up a lot. I strongly believe that she was sexually abused by P into having so many children. My mom said she only ever wanted five kids. Well, you got a lot more than that. <laughs> what happened? P happened. He only ever wanted two boys to be exact. So he kept pushing my mom until she physically could not have children anymore. 
After my youngest brother was born, the doctor said, you cannot have any more children. Your heart has grown weak. If you have any more children, you will die. He did this to her. Is he happy? He has all these children. He has three boys. One boy who is autistic and he does not even consider his son. Are you happy now, you lowly piece of shit? Yes, I did cuss because this is my feelings and I know I usually don't, but I'm making an exception for this that I'm right. <clears throat> People in school annoyed me. When I told them how many siblings I have, they respond in a stupid tone. Oh, wow, your, your parents got busy. And everyone would laugh. I lost respect for everyone. I guess I was the quiet kid for a reason. I don't talk to idiots. Despite my mother constantly forgetting me and saying hurtful things, I still loved her. My mom never physically harmed me other than spanking me every now and then when I was younger. I would take that any day over the abuse from P. She, in some ways, showed me she really cared. She would sometimes go shopping and bring back a box of Velveeta mac and cheese, my favorite. She would hand it to me and say, I thought of you, so I bought this. Even if it was something small like that, I felt that was her way of showing she cared. She said I loved you a few times, and I believed her. She had a hard life. All I ever wanted was my mom to be happy, but now my mom is a ghost. She's not really there. She never comforted me or gave me any kind of advice. She constantly zones out as she's making meals. I wonder what's going on in her mind. I wonder what she's thinking. I know one thing for sure. She's not happy. She only convinces herself that she is. One word. Stockholm. At school, I was known as the quiet kid. I didn't have many friends. Preschool through second grade were my favorite. I went to a Ukrainian Catholic church. My mom was Ukrainian, and P was mostly Polish or Mongolian. Not too sure. That school was absolutely amazing. I ate lunch in teepees, got the jump off my desk, and believed that leprechauns were real. They would move my chair, leaving candy and tiny printed notes. Very clever until I stayed in one time during recess. The room was dark, and the teacher saw, and I saw a teacher move a desk. I was heartbroken. I walked home thinking, leprechauns aren't real. Luckily, I didn't make the connection to Santa yet. They let us play computer games, have board game days, we even raised butterflies and baby chicks. This is when I got really good at hula hooping. I was a cheerleader up until second grade. I was even part of a parade. This was the first time I saw myself on TV. It felt so strange, but it was kind of exciting too. The school was very laid back. We made pasanki eggs, which are Ukrainian Easter eggs took some classes to learn about Ukrainian language and Jesus. It would alternate. I learned how to spell my name in Ukrainian, which was pretty exciting at the time, and the alphabet. That's all I remember. I was only at this school until second grade, but they shut it down since not many kids were signing up. I would still attend a Sunday school there, went to church, and still helped out with the pierogi making business in summers. After school shut down, I went to a pretty expensive Catholic church, only for a year since that was all my parents could afford. I don't remember much from that experience except everyone did there did the sign of the cross differently than me. They went forehead, chest, left shoulder, right shoulder, and I did forehead, chest, right shoulder, left shoulder. The teacher tried correcting me once, but 
I told her that's how I do it at my church, and she left me alone after that. Since my parents couldn't afford an expensive Catholic church, we went to public school, where I would meet my first two best friends. It was nice having someone come up to me with open arms, asking me to be their friends. I said yes, since I didn't know anyone else. I had a chance to be part of the popular kids, but didn't see the purpose in that. A lot of those girls wore heavy makeup and leggings. We were only in fourth grade. I just wanted to be myself, even if it meant being an outcast with my first two friends. There was this girl who sat across from me, who was talking about me loudly enough so I can hear her. She put a folder over her mouth to cover it. Like, that really helps. She was talking to the girl next to her, saying things like, Oh my gosh, look at her clothes. She would say this with a folder over over her mouth, glancing at me, then back at the girl sitting next to her. I'm just wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Oh my gosh, look at her hair. I brushed my hair today, and I washed it last night. It's straight. I did not think anything was wrong with it. What is her problem? I got bullied up until high school for being quiet and uncool. My brother was a part of the football team, so people would constantly come up to me and ask me about him because he was considered popular. One kid in my class knew this and asked, Do you even talk to your brother? The guy next to him called him an idiot. Thanks, random kid. Then he proceeds to say, Dude, do you know who her brother is? Like he's some big NFL superstar or something. Yes, I don't have conversations with my brother because he is too uncool for me. No, you idiot. I talked to him, obviously. Other people would come up and say, Wait, is your brother so-and-so? And I would respond, Yeah. They would either give me a dirty look and say, But you're so uncool. Or they would ask me to say hi for him. This part annoyed me the most. Kids coming up to me, and the first thing they say is, How's your brother doing? Oh, I'm fine, thanks for asking. Why doesn't anyone want to know how I'm doing? You literally have my brother added on Facebook, and you have his number. Ask him how he's doing yourself, idiots. I met one of my friends through Sunday school who happened to go to the same school as me. But then one day... She couldn't be friends with me anymore because I was uncool. Then her new friend bullied me. She had messaged me on AIM, asking me if I ever touched myself. I went to Catholic school until third grade. I never knew of such things until growing, going to public school, and my friends would introduce me to these things because they thought it was funny. I asked myself to explain what she meant by touching yourself. I asked my other friend to explain to me what she meant by touching herself and she said to tell her it's something dirty this girl laughed at me and told me no it's not if you touch yourself i'll touch myself too you can be cool i just said no thanks years later in middle school girl my art table asked hey is it true that years ago you didn't know what it meant to touch yourself i just say with dead eyes yeah Are they really still talking about this? Do they have nothing better to do than to gossip about me about things I couldn't possibly know? Just because I don't know what these dirty words mean, I'm uncool. I could care less. My two best friends were there for me for a while. I was closer to friend one than friend two at the time, and I don't really want to use names. Everyone in my family hated friend one because she was loud and found her obnoxious. They would constantly tell me to stop being friends with her. Everyone in my family loved friend two. It was in sixth grade when I stopped being friends with friend one because of the pressure that my family would put on me as a child and I would later come to regret it. My mom always chose the people I was friends with. 
she would force me to call up girls she didn't like and say, my mom doesn't, my mom says we can't be friends anymore, and then hang up. I never understood it, but I never wanted to disobey my parents, especially if P agreed with her. It's my sister's wedding day. Everyone's really excited. Friend two is invited because she's like a sister now, part of the family. At this time, she didn't know what she didn't know about the abuse. I'm getting ready to go. And my, I hear my mom in the bathroom crying. Tears are coming down her face while she's wearing a beautiful green dress. I ask my mom, what's wrong? My mom cries and she says, I'm ugly. I reassure her, no you're not. Who says that you are? P did. He said I look ugly and he hates my dress. Do you like your dress? My mom sniffles and composes herself. Yes. Then who cares what P thinks? If you like it, that's all that matters. Your dress is beautiful and you look great. My mom stops crying and we proceed to leave. What man tells his wife she is ugly? Name a decent man who calls his wife ugly. You can't. It doesn't matter if you don't like the dress. You can still say something like, If you like the dress, then great. I support that. Even if you don't like it, you could still say she looks beautiful in anything she wears, but instead, you call her ugly. Disgusting. I never knew how much more hate could grow inside me for P, but it grows with each passing day. So that's how I have I. Oh, blah, blah, blah. So that's what I have written so far. Um, obviously, a lot more happened than that, and I'm still still like a work in progress. Um, but if I see that like a lot of people listen to this episode specifically, then I'll just take that as a sign that you guys liked it and that I will continue with it. Um, I just thought I don't know. The story of my life is a long one. Like, a lot of things happened to me from, you know, my abusive person, P. I don't like calling him dad or father because it honestly triggers me and it makes me feel gross. And it's like, through school, and this was, this is something I'll probably add later to if I continue this, um, you know, I would like literally call him dad in front of my friends because I felt weird calling him by his name his first name because then people would be like oh like why do you call your dad by his first name because he's not really a dad to me he's just this guy he's a stranger um so I don't know I went through a lot of stuff you know I was bullied up until high school um you know P was abusive to me up until high school basically that's when I started gaining my independence and started wanting to change as an individual I was a very quiet kid people didn't like me I was always compared to like my sister or my brother it was never really just about me I didn't have a lot of friends friends I did have weren't real friends um I later came to realize that after high school where all of them just stopped talking to me for no real reason um I understand I was a weird kid like I had my issues but I had a lot going on and I don't think anyone ever actually knew I was being abused, except for this one kid in my history class, where he asked me, um, do you know what it's like to not have a father? And I said, no, but I know what it's like to grow up to have an abusive one, because technically he still holds the title of dad, but he was abusive. I feel like I should have answered it differently, I'd be like, yes, actually I do, because he was abusive, or 
you know, so he's not really a dad, but I was just like, like, no, but I do know what it's like to grow up in a, you know, to have an abusive one. So I feel like he knew my issues. I don't know why I said it, why I felt the need to say it, but I did. Just because maybe I was crying out for help and I really just wanted someone to know that I was going through stuff at home and hoping that maybe, you know, someone was going to come save me, but no one did. Um, there was music that really helped me through that time, like Josh Groban. He became, like, such a huge inspiration to me and really, like, his music saved my life. I'm not going to lie. Um, his song, You Are Loved, Don't Give Up, made me cry listening to it. And I'll listen to it on repeat. My sister actually introduced me to him. He has such a beautiful voice. And just the words that he sings in that song just really made me feel something. And it's like, even if, like, my parents never really showed me that they love me, like, somebody out there does. You know, whether it be God maybe my siblings but back then I didn't really feel like I had anyone but God and I feel like that's why I clinged really tightly to my religion so it's (laughs) the thing is too it's like I want to make a difference I want somebody who's listening to this to be like wow I went through that stuff too and it's really nice to give people like us a voice That's why I'm so grateful for Jeanette McCurdy's new book and Jeanette herself, who came out with her story and was very vulnerable about it and her experiences. And it's like, I want to be able to do that too. Because what what do I have to be scared of anymore? If he comes after me, well, he knows he's going to prison because I'm not standing up for that stuff anymore. He's not allowed to hurt me anymore. He's not allowed to hurt anyone anymore because he knows we're all adults and that we won't hesitate to call the police. So, if he comes after me, well, all right. I hope that never happens, and that he doesn't hurt the people that he's around now, because it's like, once an abuser, always an abuser. Even if he stopped after high school, um, well, once I was in high school, he stopped the abuse. I don't know why. Um, They say he was visited by his grand- his- his mother or something and he was traumatized into not abusing us anymore or something I don't know he says something like that happened or that's what I hear he never really told us why he stopped I mean he never really admitted it either until like years later but it's like it's honestly a really I feel like it could be a really inspiring story but the one problem I'm having is finding success And I feel like that's the part that's the most important in these kinds of stories. It's like, you, yes, you had a hard childhood, hard upbringing, and you're still struggling through your life currently, but you're finding your way towards success. It's like, I can't actually say that I'm being successful right now. If I get a remote job... Then I could say, I'm starting my journey to becoming a successful person. Because I don't feel that right now where I'm working. Walmart doesn't make me feel like that. If I work a remote job, then I will start feeling like that. Today I got some bad news. Um, so I've been, waiting over, I've been waiting 15 days to hear back from a job. And they told me today that, sorry... It was literally between you and one other candidate, and we went with the other candidate because they have just a little bit more experience than you do. Seriously? That's the only reason? 
You know how many people I met in management who have experience but suck at their jobs? Just because somebody has more experience than me doesn't mean they're going to do a better job than me. I have potential. I I have uh, passion. You know, I have a lot of things that I could bring to the table and no one's willing to give me a chance. If I'm being honest, I literally sobbed today. I cried today. A lot. Because I'm just so frustrated and I'm so tired of being rejected. I put in, I apply to a job every second of every day. I literally apply to jobs on every single break at work. Every single meal at work. Every time I get home, I'm applying to jobs. That's all I ever do in my free time anymore. On my days off, yeah, I stream. Once I'm done streaming, I'll clean, I'll, you know, do some grocery shopping. Then I'll apply to some jobs. It's like, that's literally my routine now because I'm just so desperate to get out of there because I'm so unhappy with my life and where I am currently. If I didn't get laid off, I wouldn't have to go through any of this. But I had to get laid off and it's just very frustrating that it had to happen to me. Because everyone else in my life is really successful and they're all starting new jobs. And they're like, oh, maybe it's the season of new jobs. So I got my hopes up high. I, I started seeing some positive signs and seeing some, you know, seeing lucky numbers and things like that. And, you know, like I kept hearing like the start date of my new job. They're like, oh, you would start September 12th if you were to get the hired. And I, everywhere I ha- went, I'd hear the number, I'd hear the date September 12th. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is a good sign. Like I'll maybe this is a good sign that like I'll get this job and it's like literally all my hopes were being built up just to get completely demolished and now it's like I don't want to try anymore I'm tired I'm exhausted I'm I don't know what to do with my life anymore and I'm super depressed and I just feel like um no matter what I do, I'm not going to be good enough for anyone because there's always going to be someone better than me, someone who has more experience than me, no matter how hard I try, no matter how much I learn, always somebody that's going to be better. And that's the thing that really gets to me because it's like I have so much potential and I'm a, I could be like a really hard worker. I could be really dedicated, but people don't really see that in me. They don't see that potential. Literally, my past two jobs, they wanted to promote me, but I got laid off. So that didn't work out. And the job I'm at now, I don't even want to be promoted because I hate it there. Why do I want to be promoted at Walmart? I don't want to be a supervisor at Walmart the rest of my life. I don't want to be stuck at Walmart like the rest of those people 30 years and hate their jobs. Even if it comes with more pay, I really just don't want it. I really, really don't. And I can't even put any time aside for my family. I don't. I can't get off for weekends, holidays, or anything. Like It's just such a horrible environment. They really don't care about us. Um, so I'm really just trying to find my way right now. If I'm ever successful, well, you'll know because I'll make an episode about it. But this is more about the struggles before that success that I want to believe exist, even though, honestly, I don't know if it does. And that also really is heartbreaking for me. And I'm trying to think positively or neutrally about my life. But it is so difficult when you're constantly waking up to an email saying sorry we're going with somebody else unfortunately we moved on with other people okay yeah we'll interview you after 300 job applications i finally get an interview then i get the interview and they say sorry we're not moving forward with you then i fill out another 300 applications i get one interview after those 300 Sorry, not good enough. How many more rejections can my heart handle? I really don't know because I feel like I've already exceeded the limit. 
of rejection for a while. Like, I think I just kind of need to chill on looking for jobs for now because it's just, it's so tiring. It's so disheartening. Like, I end up crying about it a lot just because it's like, why can't I be good enough? Why can't I just get to the good part of my life already where I'm working up towards something and I'm not feeling like a failure and I just want to feel successful in what I'm doing, but I don't. It's like my Twitch career is going nowhere. Like, I really have no time to post content, to edit content, because I'm just so, I'm struggling so much just to find a job where I can work at home and be happy and have more time to put more effort into my content creation, to making music and, you know, doing the things that I enjoyed doing at one point in my life, but I have no time for it. And it's, um, it's a long process and I know that a lot of this is just venting and complaining but if you guys are in the same spot you know I just want you to know I feel you and that I appreciate anyone who actually listens to this still I don't know why you guys still do but you know I appreciate it even though you know I've I haven't actually been reached out yet to by anyone that listens to this um I'm just assuming that you guys are more listeners and people who have feedback which is completely fine like I know, like, people like to lurk in my Twitch rather than talk in it, so, you know, everyone's different, and I get you guys more just kind of, like, listening, and, you know, but, yeah, I want to always put that out there, that I'm really open to discussion to better improve my content, and if you guys have any ideas or things you'd like to hear, you know, just let me know, um, and I don't really mind being vulnerable anymore, it's like I have nothing to lose except the will to live, honestly, so, if you want to bring me down, go for it, like, I, I don't care anymore. Like, I, I really don't. My family's broken apart. I've lost majority of my friends. Um, I just love a couple people. I have, like, three online friends. Three IRL friends who I hang out with um, very rarely, every few months or so. Other than that, yeah, I don't really have a lot of people. I mean, I have my sister. Um, I do have my siblings that I try to hang out with every now and then. Um, and I, you know, I feel like I'm just going... Th- you know, moving forward, I'm trying to find that success for them, for, you know, because it's like, why, if I'm here, like, why can't I try having a good life, and it's hard to find that good life, it's like, I just want to work from home, is it that much to ask for, like, apparently it is, so I don't know what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna have to figure it out, but anyway, I will go based off of how many people listen to this if I will continue to write the story of my life. So, I know we kind of touched up on it in the earlier episodes to this podcast, but this is, like, going really in-depth. A lot more in-depth, I feel. Like, it's actually written more like a book than it is, like, me just saying it out loud and just talking like this to you guys. So, um, because I'm actually able to process my thoughts and what happened back then and you know, actually, like, think about certain things and be able to add, you know, dialogue and that sort of thing. So, anyway, um, thank you guys for being here today. Wish me the best of luck. If you guys are out there and you're listening to this, please send some good vibes my way. I really could just use some good vibes. Or pray for me. Whatever it is you believe in or don't believe in, pray for me. Send some good vibes. I really just, you know, good thoughts. I just really can use some positive energy coming my way, like, just, and I will be sending some good vibes your way, or some good prayers your way, so, just, um, yeah, just wish me good luck, 
I will try to update when I can, but you know, life's kind of hard right now. So we'll see what I'm feeling. Like today I was just really depressed and I was crying most of the day. So I just said, I don't know, I just really, and then I started writing. I'm like, I don't know why I'm writing this. It's not going to help me in my current situation. I'm really just going to make myself more depressed talking about my depressing life by writing it down. But, you know, whatever. It'll just make myself feel worse because that's what I like to do when I'm sad. I like to make myself feel even worse about how I'm feeling already. And I have to go back in the work tomorrow where I'm completely miserable. But it's fine. And it's like, I don't know. Just guys, please, please, please. Just let something work out. That's all I want. Just one thing. I'll work there for the rest of my life. I just need a remote job. That's all I want. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Keep you guys updated. Um, I... We'll always say this because I want you guys to really know that I do really appreciate you. Everyone who still listens to this, like, you're awesome. I hope that you guys are successful in your own lives or that you're finding your way. Um, and that you know that you're not alone in the problems that you're suffering with. There are people out there who know what you're dealing with. And, you know, I, I just really hope that this in some way helps you. It's like, oh, she, her life sucks. So that, that's kind of comforting to me because my life sucks, you know. <laughs> it's like, because, you know, there are people dealing with issues and people don't really want to talk about it. And it's like people are too scared to talk about their feelings. I'm not scared anymore. I don't have anything to lose anymore. So that's why I feel more open to talking to you guys about my experiences. Because it's like... <laughs> Oh well, you guys use it against me. Oh well, it's like my life's already horrible. You know, ruin my life on Twitter, wherever. It's like, okay, great. <laughs> like, you know, just some extra stuff to add on top of what I'm already dealing with. But anyway, um, but yeah, I do really appreciate you guys. Um, I really do hope for happiness and success in your life i hope you guys are doing well and happy with what where you are and if you're not i really just hope that you get there and you keep holding on because you know as much as i want to believe that there will be a better day i hope that there's a better day for you too so let's just try and hang in there together you know and maybe we'll get there one day we'll see We'll look back on this episode and maybe we'll just have a good laugh about it or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, wish you guys best of luck. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and, you know, I'll update, I'll update when I can update. All right, catch you guys later. Bye.